Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by the Authentication, Validation, and Management Toolkit for those AP vendor maintenance teams that still have a mostly manual process and need fraud prevention at each critical step of the vendor maintenance process. Go to DebraRRichardson.com to see the authentication techniques, internal controls, best practices, and what template forms, vendor communications, and desktop procedures are included. Stay tuned. If you're like many accounts payable leaders, you know you have some lingering manual tasks that the team is responsible for completing. These tasks are considered tedious or they're done rarely or they may require using multiple programs like Excel and the accounting system or ERP. And because of these reasons, they're really not considered for larger automation processes. Now, it's also inevitable that someone on your team will forget to perform the task. And if there's turnover, it may be forgotten altogether until the department that needed the task to be done reaches out. Just like last week's episode, four vendor maintenance fraud prevention tasks that can be automated using RPA, RPA is once again to the rescue. Welcome to episode 33. Have RPA software? Well, I have eight steps to automate your manual AP processes. Okay, so just like I talked about in the intro, every accounts payable leader or accounts payable team has manual AP processes. And a great example of this for me is years ago when I was an AP leader, my vendor maintenance team was the only team that had access to edit a vendor record. Yay, by the way. Now, even though we had a semi-automation or semi-automated process of vendor creation and the vendor record was automatically created, there were specific fields that were not included in that automation that were needed to enable the vendor to receive electronic purchase orders. Now, compared to other IT projects, this was not a priority. So when we submitted it to IT for them to go in and update that process, it just was not a priority. There were other projects that were deemed to be more important or more critical. And as a result, we had to create a manual process to check those boxes or those fields for any vendors that were set up that were PO vendors. 
a team member and a backup were assigned to run a report weekly to identify all the PO vendors and then go in and populate those applicable fields. And so it went weekly or it didn't. The team members would get busy or both would be out or it would be month end or year end, anything where you're busy enough that it just gets put to the last priority. And you can just imagine um, that that wouldn't go over well with the procurement or the purchase uh, purchasing team because now they have these purchase orders that can't go out or be delivered electronically. And within the team, we also found that if there was turnover, that process did not always get transferred to the next employee and just so on. And so we wouldn't, or as an AP leader, I wouldn't hear about it until it wasn't being done and purchasing was reaching out to inquire as to why. So you can imagine that when my company offered to train one of my team members on a new RPA uh, tool or new um, RPA software, I was all for it. I wanted this manual process along with any other manual processes that could be eligible to be automated. I mean, I just gave you an example of one, but we had quite a few manual tasks or manual processes that needed to be done. And I quite frankly wanted to not have to worry about them being done and then also free up my team's time so they can work on more uh, value added processes or tasks. And robotics process automation sounded like a great solution to me. So here are the eight steps that we took in my group to identify eligible manual processes and then implement RPA bots. Step number one. So the first thing I had to do was determine which of the team members would be trained on the RPA software or tool and then get them trained. Now with my company, that meant identifying a team member that would attend the on-site training along with other team members from other groups that my company had set up. Now, I won't talk about the specific tool that we used, but I will include a, a list of RPA tools and vendors provided by AIMultiple.com. I'll put that in the show notes. And it's also something that was in the, that was a link in the show notes from last week as well. And anyway, it's a list of quite a few uh, choices for uh, robotics process automation software and tools that you can use and determine what is best for your company. Now I'm trying to remember how long the training was. I think it was a couple four hour training sessions or maybe it was a couple of eight hour training sessions. While that person, identified team member, was training on the RPA um, software tool, I designated another team member that was knowledgeable about the team processes. I had that person identify all manual tasks or processes that the team was doing. And that worked out great because that team member identified almost 20 processes that we could review to see if they were eligible to be automated using RPA. 
So once I had the team member trained on the RPA software tool and I had the other team member, um, once they were complete with the list of eligible projects, step number three was I got both of those team members together and they reviewed each manual task or manual process. And they were looking for four things. One, they determined whether each step was rules-based and confirmed that no decision had to be made. The second thing is they identified the total time it took to complete the task and the number of times it needed to be done. And I don't want you to get discouraged because even projects that only took five minutes daily were candidates if they were critical. Like if they weren't done, there was another step of the process that would be affected. Just like if, if in my example, we didn't populate those fields, then the PO would not go out um, electronically. So the third thing was they determined how hard it was to implement. So the number of sign-ins to other applications, for example, um, any that required the IRS 10 sign-in could not be implemented because with the new IRS site, and I forget when it came up uh, a couple years ago, um, they implemented the two-factor sign-on, which our bots could not handle. So even though the bots could be programmed to sign in to other applications or other sites, the IRS sign-in uh, was not eligible to be automated. And then the last thing they did was to consider whether security approval would be given. So bots are treated just like employees um, as far as their security and their access. Segregation of duties still had to be maintained. There still needed to be SOX compliance. So if a process involved invoices, it could not be implemented because a bot could not have both access to post invoices and access to edit vendors. And remember, we were doing the, these processes were being reviewed for vendor maintenance tasks. So if there was something that involved going into invoices or purchase orders, just like employees, the bots would not be able to be assigned those roles. So if you're thinking of, you know, a manual task that has several different departments in it, still be wary of those segregation of duties because it still counts for the bot. Okay, so once those two team members reviewed each of the manual processes or tasks on the list, step number four was that final list of projects, I then reviewed with them and approved them and then prioritized when they were going to be done. Because the way we did it is we started with one bot and it was really um, because of a couple of things. One, um, we had just started doing them, so we wanted to make sure that we've got some experience behind us, at least with one bot. And then the second thing was that we had, you know, because the whole company, or not necessarily the whole company, but the group that vendor maintenance belonged to, Accounts Payable, we had quite a few uh, team members from other groups that were being trained. And so there were more projects than just mine that the um, security security team needed to review and approve. So we started with just one and prioritized the rest of them. 
So step five, then the team member that was trained on the software, that team member then programmed the bots using the RPA software. Now, one thing to remember here is that you need to have documented processes for all your manual processes and tasks. That made programming the bots that much easier. But I will say, make sure those process docs are updated um, because I know a lot of the time when you document a process and then something changes, if the same person is doing it, they may think it's a little change and they don't really need to update the process doc for it. But when you start having to break down each specific step in order to program um, for automation, those little details really do count. Um, so you need to make sure that any changes to the process, any changes to any of the sign-ins or applications that that process requires, that it is fully documented because you don't want to have that person or team member that is trained to program the bot the way that it used to work before I don't know, the update of your um, software system or any improvements that a team member has made in using Excel as a part of that process. You just want to make sure you get that fully documented and that it's updated. Now, step six is once the bots were programmed, I then reviewed and approved them. And what I was really looking for is I was looking to make sure that the process matched the process that we were currently doing. And so that's where I found some of the issues where process docs weren't updated or desktop procedures weren't updated. Um, but I reviewed them and then once I was happy with how they were running, I then approved them. Step number seven was now it had to go to a different level of approval the IT security team. And as a matter of fact, I think it was more of a, a committee or a panel, but it included IT security. And they reviewed the process and they approved it or disapproved. And sometimes it would be where we would have to make a tweak um, to, the, uh, to the bot process and then come back and then have them review it and approve it at a later date. So once it's been approved by myself and then also the IT security team and any committee or, or panel that they would have, the bot was then put into production. And that was step number eight, which was the last step. Now, just because the bot is put into production, you still have to make sure you have a way to verify that the bot is being done. And usually that means some type of report or validation it's just built into the last step of the process so that you know that it has been done. So in our cases, I think we used a lot of uh, email reports um, that were generated or reports that were generated to a specific folder. All we had to do was verify that the report was there and validate that the process was run. So those are the eight steps and I'll recap real quickly. So the first step was to train a team member on the RPA software or tool. The second step was to have uh, another team member that's knowledgeable about all of the team's processes, have that team member identify manual processes that may be eligible. And then the third step is to get both of those team members together and review each manual process 
process or, ta or task to identify which ones are really eligible to move forward with. The fourth step is once they have uh, the two team members have the final list of projects is to have the AP leader review and prioritize the ones that they've approved. And then the fifth step is to actually have the bots be programmed using the RPA software tool by the team member that was trained. And then once that was done, step six, I would review the bots that were programmed and then I would review uh, approve those and the seventh step is to have the IT security team or whatever panel or committee you may have that may need to review those processes before they're put into place and then the last step is once all of that is done and IT security team has approved was to actually put the bot into production with some type of a validation or confirmation that the process was run. Okay, and before I forget, I do wanna talk about a lesson learned. And that lesson is don't automate until you have reviewed and standardized your processes. There is no need to automate the compilation and emailing of a report, for example, if no one reads it. We also found that there were some manual processes handed down from transition from one employee to another or acquisition that literally no one knew why they were being done and who used it. And when we inquired like to the different teams procurement or maybe the invoice processing teams, we found out that they didn't even know why some of those tasks were being done. So again, big lesson learned, don't automate until you have reviewed and standardized your processes. Now, if you have questions about the actual bot programming and creation, my suggestion is to identify which tool you will use and start learning with their trial program. Again, I will have in the show notes the a link to a site that lists all of the third-party providers that provide the um, robotics process automation software and tools. And it, as stated in my last blog post, I included um, as options Automation Anywhere and UiPath since they offer training, certifications, and a free trial to get you started. So I hope this podcast episode has been inspiring and it has you thinking now about what manual tasks or processes could be eligible to be automated with RPA. I'd love to hear about it, by the way. You can um, email me at Deborah, D-E-B-R-A, at DeborahRRichardson.com or comment on the platform that you choose to listen. So thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 33rd episode of Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links to the blog post and the websites I mentioned. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Stay happy.